On this episode of the Gnostic Deluge, we're moving to Mesopotamia and the myth of the Epic of Gilgamesh. This is a multi-episode journey, and in this episode, Gilgamesh the king meets his equal in Enkidu, a wild man from the wilderness. Enjoy! Well, Mark, Brandon, well, welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, it's been a, a couple of weeks. Yeah. So appreciate people that have been watching and possibly sharing. I don't even because it seems like yeah. there's kind of, I mean, hopefully people are enjoying it. If not, that's okay too. But yeah, we appreciate that. It's always cool to be like, hey, other people are kind of checking out this stuff. So, um, okay, so last time we were talking about the Gnostic stuff. Yeah. We, actual Gnostic texts. Yeah, we did. And then, oh, this is the Gnostic Deluge. Welcome. Welcome to the Gnostic Deluge. Yeah, we we covered the, the Apocryphon of John last time. Yeah, and we we're talking about maybe going into, uh, like, Jude, Gospel, or Judas and... Yeah, you know those different things, but we might have even said we were, or did we not? We were we were talking about okay. possibly going that, probably probably going that way, but <clears throat> right now there wasn't anything super interesting like that stuck out too much in that. I think the the whole creation of the Gnostics is really cool, and yeah, you know that was the main thing. So if we find something later that we're kind of like, oh, we got to talk about this, yeah, it'll happen. But I think it was kind of random stuff that i didn't fully understand so i don't know those gnostics yeah but so we've jumped back in time now yes we did we're going to be going in uh to the samaria and of course when we say that i bet everybody can guess where we're going now we're going to the sumerians yeah going back to what's one of the oldest story written literature besides i was just looking that besides the pyramid texts are older but oh are they yeah okay we're going to be covering the epic of gilgamesh yeah and this was this is this is a this was a good one to look into not only because of the actual text but because the reading up on the history of it a little bit and where it comes from yeah is new to new to this podcast new new to us oh yeah yeah for sure yeah i mean this was uh they had found these tablets back in you know when uh britain was in france and all them guys were running around the middle east and searching for yeah the the uh the holy grail or something or yeah that or and just kind of ruling or you know and stuff and creating but, colonies and stuff yeah colonizing and but they they found some interesting things um and they brought them you know took a lot of them out like uh there's thousands and thousands and thousands of these clay tablets that they didn't even know what they had but they they just brought them as uh as like uh to the to not even at first probably it wasn't even like to the museums it's probably just like to nobles homes or stuff yeah well i just know the british museum had a bunch of them just yeah. sitting there and then 
And then there was some military guy. Gosh, I, anyway, but it was kind of cool because, you know, he, the British gentleman kind of thing where mm-hmm. they're like, like it's like the gentleman spy, you know, kind of like yeah. uh, 007 where he's, you know, uh, civilized yet he's a killer, you know? Yes, so anyway, there's that. some kind of army guy that actually is the one that figured out uh, how to read. Oh, is uh, he, he's the one that cracked it. Arca- Arcadian or whatever it is, or is it Arcadian? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. So he's the, cause a little before they had cracked the code of, um, Egyptian. Egyptian. So, uh, I I don't want to get too lost. Um, yeah, we don't want to reveal how we don't want to reveal too little of what we know of the background of it. Well, yeah. So, but it was George George Smith that is the guy that that's right. Found I remember the name. Found the um. He he was working kind of part time in the museum. You know, these people would go over there on their lunch breaks and stuff. On these certain days, it was only open. And and uh, so he'd go he's in the and... one that discovered. And he's like, whoa, it's talking about a flood, you know, and stuff. Okay, yeah. And so he's like, so he got all excited. There's the rumor that he ran, he's ripped off his clothes when he, <laughs> for some reason. But E.A. Wallace Budge yeah. wrote about it. You know, he's oh, a big, yeah. if you're, if you know anything about, Egyptian, like the Book of the Dead, or yeah, yeah, a lot of he's, those he was one of those, him. yeah. So, um, he wrote some kind of autobiography or some kind of thing on him, but oh, cool. he was kind of critical of George Smith. He was critical of George Smith, well, he, yeah, around naked but, after he found the uh, well, yeah, well, the, the anyway, it's just kind of this weird story. Like, why would somebody anyway strip down naked? He got like, I'm so excited. Yeah. And I just can't hide it. So anyway, <laughs> so he, but then he started publishing paper, you know, trans, as he was translating, publishing, um, and, you know, kind of like, look, the, the, I mean, this is the same story, similar to the Bible story. Sounds like a smart guy. Can you imagine like in your spare time going to a museum and on mm-hmm. the day that you're available, that you're allowed to go into a certain room yeah. and just like spending your time translating something that no one's translated before <clears throat> at least in passionate. your time and in your time yeah he was passionate so yeah but um so it's just interesting that it wasn't even necessarily necessarily uh somebody that was a total scholar that did it yeah he was like a military guy and then ended up yeah military a guy that he went in because there was there okay so the military guy like there was this thing written way up on a mountain like and it was written in a couple different languages, like just like the Rosetta, Rosetta Stone, Stone, you know, for the Egyptian, where it was two different forms of hieroglyphic and then yeah. something another language, and they were able to use that. But uh, so this one was up on a mountain, so it's written for the gods to see, not necessarily men. For some, you know, it wasn't Got like it. just sure. So there's and you know over the years it had just this little edge that was you know so he was up there. With with these ladders that they were laying across. Okay, yeah, you know, and, and this is back in the 1850s. Taking notes on it. Yeah, so it's like these rickety old, you know, wooden ladders, ladders taking notes, and they what they would do is they would actually get pieces of paper and they'd rub it with a 
Okay. Like charcoal, kind of yeah, like a, a, that a rubbing. Carbon paper yeah. thing. And, and so they could get an actual imprint of it. <clears throat> but there's there's one point where the guy actually almost, you know, he was going out on his ladder and it fell and he barely, you know, of course there's drama. and Sure. And they, they ended up, at one point, they they paid some villager kid. They're like, okay, hey, we'll give you this, you know, if you do it. And some oh. villager kid went out there and Took was like, the it. just barely, like, it almost seemed like he wasn't even holding on to anything, but was able to get out there and get the rubbing. And so anyway, they, they worked on that. And then, so they came up with the dictionary and everything and, and, uh, or, you know, and so then later we have George Smith in the 18th or 70s, I think. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. 72. 1872. Um, oh, the guy, uh, yeah, 1875, 76, the fuller translation, you know, the 72, he started releasing it. Anyway, so, and, and then he ended up going into finding, you know, they was, they sent him into the Middle East, you know, and this is like Babylon, Babylon, uh, what it what would be modern day or Iraq yeah. and stuff? Oops. Thing okay, now. Yeah, get that out. But um, and he ended up dying there after a couple times, you know, getting sick and. So anyway, he gave his life for the cause. He gave his life for it, and uh, so that's how we got the Epic of Gilgamesh, and it is an epic. It's a cool story. I I really when I was reading, I was like. This is this is like a very modern kind of storytelling. Yeah, I was surprised with how well one of that's one of the things I wanted to mention is I was I was surprised with how well and of course translators have taken it from one form to another, you know, and have you know enlightened us with with the flow, making it flow better. Yeah. Right? And but, that might yeah. But I mean it's still well, I'm like, saying the themes though. It still had the themes. Sure. You know, like uh about life and friendship and yeah and, and love it, and, and, it, and exactly and it, and it seemed to has there's some there's some themes that you just we haven't gotten from a lot of the other things that we've read yeah that's so. that's true yeah and this isn't this isn't a religious text so I mean yeah, it's just a it's just a um, story or yeah it's just a story about life and kind of maybe the what finding what the meaning of life is or not taking it for granted or there's a lot of things where i was like wow this is pretty deep you know so um well you want to get into it yeah so we're 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 the one we're using um is by uh translation by nk sanders um they have it's if you go to www aina.org I think you can get a copy of this. I think that's where we got it from. Yeah. But it's from the Assyrian International uh news agency Books Online. And so we just and it's a it's a good one because if you we 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 do have the um the books like the the myths of, from Mesopotamia. Brandon's got the Epic of Gilgamesh. Yeah, we also um, have the one like from, from the Andrew Penguin. George. But this one was translated yeah. in the early 1900s, kind of around the same time as um, yeah. And it's and it's it's all in stanza form still. Well, yeah, and it, 
part of the problem with we were talking about this earlier when you when you look at these these other translations of it there's a lot of breaks in it mm-hmm. and you know where we're okay this part was missing you know so there's a space and all of a sudden like the, in this section uh they have established fame for their future question mark and it's got kind of in brackets and then all of a sudden there's brackets they arrive together brackets and then you know yeah, stuff exactly. missing of their words, they stood. So there's, and then it says catch line. And then they stood and admired question mark the forest. Anyway. So it's hard to read. It kind of like these things throw you off when you're reading it. And then there's other parts where you're like, okay, uh, they entrust to him to the night watchman. And then there's the space whip space. And then gap of about 13 lines. And then to column th- and the column three fragmentary C supplement gap of about thirteen lines again. And then there's space, Gilgamesh. Yeah. Brackets with you know, space. <laughs> she extinguished the smoke offering and and then also in brackets, you know, like the space missing. Anyway, so it gets confusing. You're like, ah. Oh. So, so this one's written in yeah. a what NK Sanders appeared to have done for this is is NK Sanders a well, he or she, I don't know who that is, who, who he or Should she is. Should be Anki Sanders. Anki Sanders, yeah. get it? So they actually, all the many places where there's a missing fragment or they kind of just filled it in with context of what. Or or they just let, leave it or at that. Or else they just skip that part. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is that one of, one of the things about the these texts is that you're like, well, why don't they just go to another one and then and but the thing is that they're not all they're they're all different all these you know and they're found in fragments and different so it's not you just can't just go to this other text and it's going to be exactly the same thing although they they probably they use like an they use a couple different ones like the original babylonian version you know Mm -hmm. and and they do do that with um Translators do do that with other texts. Yeah, sometimes. So this this one is it seems to be true to what's actually what's written, you know. But it it does it in a way that's not doesn't throw you off or doesn't make you go wait, what's it saying there? Make you know because they just say okay, we're just going to leave that out or we're just going to you know fill it in a little bit. But I don't think it fills it into where um it's it messes up the story. You so, have a lot more orange on yours than I have in mine. Orange, you glad I didn't use yellow? Oh, you did on you did on other I pages. did use yellow. Dang it, that's kind of a greenish yellow. So Mark has this all marked up. So I'm excited for that. Well, I got it. There's like certain points where I was like, oh, because I listened to this a bunch, mm-hmm. like, and just every time I listen to it, okay, I got to remember that. Yeah. You know, that's important, and hopefully I can get all the points I want. I should have I should have marked it up more and written more notes, but no, it's fantastic. But uh, wait, this is well. A lot of this was done this morning. <laughs> oh, cool. So I was like, okay, I got to now that I've got it all in my mind. I got to go through and oh, there's that part. So anyway, well, let's uh, let's wet our whistles before we. Okay, what do you got? Get into this. Oh, we've got it all. I'll take uh, goslings, please. Mark lots of goslings. The choice. The choice of kings.
Mm-hmm. All right. So oh, that is the choice of kings. The um, the prologue just kind of talks about like is kind of giving a uh, summary. A, a summary, right? So this is something they used to do on old texts. For I've seen it in different things and heard about it, where they would on the yeah the front thing they would so you don't have to look through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You can go see it and say, okay, well this is. You know, uh, basically what this story is about. So you don't have to look through the whole text to figure out, oh, right. is this what I'm looking for? Which I think for? is pretty interesting. I don't, I, at first, when I was first reading it, I thought the prologue was from the uh, translator, like giving like a summary. But no, this is actually no, this, from the uh, It was actually tablets. in the, the cool thing about the uh, people doing the cuneiform and all this stuff is that they actually have tablets. Okay, so they oh we didn't even talk about no we didn't, <laughs> but they would they would they would put it in they'd have these clay mm-hmm. mud basically this yeah. is called mud in in these forms, you know so it'd be flat. I'm trying to think how to describe it. So you got a square basically yeah yeah like a yeah like a like square, a cement so, block so yeah clay. yeah a cement block but they're it's soft at the time it hasn't hardened yet and what they would do is they they had. Like these things that they would press into it with shapes and, you know, the shapes would, you know, depending on which way they go and stuff would mean words and sounds. Actually, there are 600 different sounds, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. They, that's what they uh, in the Akkadian or whatever. So there's 600 different. They figured out there were sounds. And uh, so they and then they, what they would do is they let it dry or they would, and if they really wanted to keep it. Um, they would put it in the fire and burn it, mm-hmm. so it would really harden. Yeah. So that's 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 what they found. So that all these all these tablets, you know, just frozen in time, kind of cool. You know, it's not like papyrus where, you know, they'll they'll uh, decompose a lot quicker. Yeah, and once you print it, you kind of can't and you can't add to that print anymore without chiseling it and making and making it obvious that you added to it yeah so yeah so you basically have your a permanent record kind of thing like actually in the um jasher it talks about i think what's his name uh abraham when he makes a thing with a somebody he writes like a, a contract and it's in stone or something yeah, you yeah. Know? that's cool i mean think about the ten commandments written in stone oh my but, the, uh, but see this is even this is even easier though because it wasn't you didn't have to chisel yeah. like you were saying mm-hmm. where you mess up mm-hmm. too. This is this is you got this wet mud. Yeah, so you can actually just you like can, just as an oops that screwed up. You'd blot rub it, it out a little. Yeah, bit you rub it in with your finger, fill it, in, and then you just redo it. So it's like a natural eraser. That's really cool. I should try that. And do that at home. We should. Yeah, you should do that with your kids. <laughs> you know, and then you can put the little cakes in the oven. Yeah, and cook them. Anyway, but not eat them. Mud pie. You can make it. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. But so it was a really cool way of, of writing. And then we talked about too, they would have like whenever they would write something like say the king did or somebody and they wanted their endorsement, they had these cylinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the, and there was a, a image that was in the cylinder, like carved to the cylinder to where 
they could roll out, roll the cylinder in the mud on mm-hmm. the on the tablet, and it would actually, whenever you roll it, make the complete image. And yeah. I think that's what this this front thing is. Is one of those. I think cylinders. that's what I saw somewhere too. So you got if you're watching the video, um, there's like this and that uh, thing with a. I don't know if that's Gilgamesh, you know, Oops. holding a lion, yeah, holding two lions in his hands and stuff. But so they would roll the image. So it was kind of like the signet ring, you know, that mm-hmm. the king would have. But this was even more ingenious because it was like even harder to forge because it was something that had to be rolled and it made the complete picture. Maybe it wasn't harder to forge. I don't know. But we should also try and make one of those. The signet thing. But like a rolling, like a yeah. rolling pin signet. Yeah. Yeah, so that's basically what it was, a rolling pin pin signet. So there you go. So they had all these all these um clay tablets that they 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 discovered in um what was the name of the palace? It was it's got a cool name. In um Ashurbanipal. Hmm. The it is cool the name. ruins of Ashurbani, the library of Ashab, Ashurbani Paul in Nineveh. So that's right. Fifteen thousand fragments of Assyrian cuneiform were found there. Treasure trove, huge discovery. So, um, and that that was from the seventh century BC that the this king was seventh century BC. So that's seven. so in Bible story. That's uh, that's actually where Jonah was afraid to go, right? In the Bible stories. To Nineveh. Nineveh. Yeah. That's where Jonah didn't want to go. Because they had... Well, I mean, if Gilgamesh was there, I wouldn't want to go there either. Yeah. But anyway, so... Oh, and the dates between of these things are supposed to be 2100 BC, the original text. Mm-hmm. And then the one, the moder- or the one that they have, the, guy, the people would actually write, this was... Recorded by yeah, they had a the they guy's had the name. Decency, they had the decency to to write the uh, copyright on their on yeah the, on the tablet, yeah. and so they would have so that it was and it uh, so it was from thirteen hundred to one thousand BC that the the texts that they had were from. Anyway, cool. So that's good. That's a good uh, um, summary there. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So let's get into it. So this is old story and the cool thing is this is a really old story i mean t- over four thousand years old i mean it's kind of like did you ever see the movie beowulf yes it's pretty it's pretty decent actually hmm. it's pretty it's a long time but that's like the oldest uh yeah. english story mm-hmm. right yeah i think Epic. so that sounds right yeah you know, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I, but I, I remember it. in English class that was the one they always held up, like yeah. the first. What is it called? The Anglo-Saxon, sure, language or story. You know, you're testing my um, history, but, but yeah. well, I just remember them holding it up, and I was like, okay. But then I went and saw it, and it was in the movie theater, and it was in 3D. It was pretty good. Yeah, I remember. But that. it's an epic story, and actually, if you listen to it, it's pretty cool because there's like this Grendel, and he's like going out and just wreaking havoc in this this camp and so beowulf has to go out there and get and take care of him yeah it was, it was cool and you mentioned earlier they're actual stories yeah they're not like a 
They're not like a uh, not a Bible thing, scripture text. Yeah, and that's the thing. No. Whenever you think of of, of yeah, stories, it's like oh, this dealing with God and and these guys do this weird stuff and you know like or all these laws. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's you know like the commandments and or this guy begat this guy and yeah, this sure. guy begat this other person and you know. So this is this is one of the earliest epic tales. And like I said, it's got a lot of cool themes to it that are themes that resonate with people uh, nowadays, I would think, you know. So let's go into the prologue. Okay. So should we just read this first paragraph here? Yeah. You have the whole one marked. You have, well, it, you have can, it all marked. We can go read the first paragraph, yeah, and then I'll read the, okay. the third. So we won't read everything, but we'll read some interesting po- points. Yeah. So the very first paragraph says, I will proclaim to the world the deeds of Gilgamesh. This was the man to whom all things were known. This was the king who knew the countries of the world. He was wise. He saw mysteries and knew secret things. Ah? Mm-hmm. Why did I not underline that? Brand new secret. Oh, it's underlined in mine. Yeah, but I, the whole he knew secret era. things. He brought us a tell of the days before the flood. He went on a long journey, was weary, worn out with labor. Returning, he rested. He engraved on a stone the whole story. So he wrote down the whole story. We've got it from him. This isn't just some bull story. So anyway, no, this is authentic. They're going Gilgamesh. through, but yeah, I mean, there's a basic summary right there. Just that first paragraph. Hey, so he's, they're, they're getting your, they're wetting your appetite. Like this is a sweet story. So when you, do you think that people West, you know, Western religious people who see the word flood, do you think that like perks their interest? Like, Whoa, what's that all about? That's what happened with That's what uh, originally George Smith. George, George Smith, Smith was like right? a freaking flood. Yeah, like imagine he's like you know because eighteen hundreds you know or whatever the the Bible is like the best the number one book number yeah. bestseller. Everybody reads it, always yeah. on the New Everybody York Times bestseller yeah. list. <laughs> so they're all you know, and all of a sudden he's he's reading this, and all of a sudden he reads. Imagine if he's reading this, and he's like. He brought to us a tale of the days before the flood. And he's like, before the flood. And he probably thought, Noah, what? Yeah, that's what everyone would think. Yeah. And there's not really a lot of reason to like believe that they're they're not related. But there's you can, but it, it, it's interesting, right? Well, but then he finds out whenever he reads it, gets into it. He's like, oh, crap. This is like the same story. Mm-hmm. I mean, similar story. Not the yeah. same, but... There's the thing with the birds and all that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, and then uh, you know it goes on to talk about him, how he's Gilgamesh is two thirds man made by God and one third man. What do you think? What, what's mortal. your what's your interpret what's your what's your interpretation of a two thirds? I know. I thought that was weird. Do you have an idea? No. Because I was like, wait, why wouldn't it be half God, half man? You know, why is it two thirds? Other than other than my only idea is that remember in the um, not saying that these have any relation, but I think that in a way, in a in a distant way, they do. In that Gnostic creation story, right? Mm-hmm. How the archons all made like one made the ear, one made the yeah. Like when they made the when they made man, they all like made a they all like took a part in it. 
Well, this has a similar story. This has a similar, like, it says, Shamash, the glorious sun, endowed him with beauty, right? Oh. Adad, the god of the storm, endowed him with courage. The great gods made his per- his beauty perfect, surpassing all others, terrifying like a great and wild bull. Two-thirds they made him god and one-third man. So maybe, like, because he was created by Shamash and Adad, then there's like they're considering that two-thirds of him is by gods, and then they gave him the rest of it's mortal. Maybe. You know? I it could know. be. I didn't, I didn't think about it that much. Because I was like, but I did think, what? why was it two-thirds? Because... You know, because I was like, okay, his dad was God or human, and his mom was a god. But then I found out it seemed like, yeah, his dad was the human, but his mom was the god. But then in the story, it seems like if eventually the his father is a god. Anyway, it's just kind of weird. It's, you can't figure out who's who, but it seems like the girl or the woman is the. Not God. Maybe. And one verse. But actually, like though, it seems like she isn't, too. His dad was the... Because his dad is is listed in as the king before before Gilgamesh. Anyway, I don't want to... Let's not get lost in that. No, let's keep on going. So anyway, for some reason, he's two-thirds God. So he had a mortal... Let's just say he had a mortal parent and a God parent. Sounds good. Maybe two thirds God means that he was almost perfect. How about that? There we go. You know, like he was better than half. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't a half God. He was two thirds. You know, he was almost perfect. Yeah, he was. He was epic. So, and then I like this part where it just mentions in Uruk he built walls, a great rampart, the temple of the blessed Iana, for the god of the firmament Anu, and the. For Ishtar, the goddess of love, look at it still today. You know, this is saying, yeah. this is back in the, you know, this is a thousand years after this guy's writing it. Look at it still today. It's still there. The outer wall, you know, it shines with the brilliance of copper. And the inner wall, it has touch the th- threshold. It is ancient. It almost like puts you there. Like, feel, this is an old story. And he's like, but it's still there today. You can go up and touch the walls that were built by by Gilgamesh. Um, climb upon the wall of Uruk. Walk along it. Regard the foundation terrace and examine the masonry. Is it not burnt brick and good? I like yeah, that. I like that too. So the seven sages laid the foundations. So what they would do is what they would do brick. They would sun dry it mm-hmm. sometimes, but if they really wanted something to Okay. To to stand the better the, the test better of the brick. time was the oven baked brick. Yeah, I believe that. And if they really wanted to kill somebody, they throw them in the oven too. Yeah, like Abraham. Yeah. Although they didn't do it, they couldn't do it. So, so. I wonder if these ovens that um, Gilgamesh used here to bake his bricks, huh? Same ovens. Oh, for he's <laughs> joking. Yeah. Was I'm was like, Gilgamesh Nimrod? Yeah, yeah. No, anyway, but I mean, this—it's all th- themes, you know. And you got to remember too that that the, uh, I mean, even Abraham, in the now we're getting into biblical kind of, but he came out of Ur, same yeah, same area, the same area. So they're going to have the same tales, and that's why you'll find 
the thing about the flood and, you know, similarities. You're like, wait, this is, yeah, it's a similar stories. Another thing that we'll mention is there's a character later on where it says he was from the plains, you know. Oh, like, really? Yeah. I missed that. Uh, well, well, I'll... Good catch. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this. So that, there's the epilogue or prologue. Prologue, yeah. Like, we're done. That's okay. it. Okay, good talking to you guys. <laughs> there's the prologue. But I like how he's like, it's still there today, you know, this this the author that wrote it. Yeah, so this author that wrote it is basically, um, like you said, dates fifteen hundred or more, or twenty five hundred BC. Well, the well, I'm say, yeah, but the guy that recorded it was from, you know, and, and later was from thirteen one thousand three hundred. Okay, that's what you're referring to. Okay. Well, I don't know, but it, I, I was saying, imagine that where he's like, you know, he's maybe he he's like, okay, well, I've got the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the epilogue or the prologue. And and it's still this stuff is still there today, a thousand years later, you know. I was more imagining it that way. But. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. There's what we're gonna have we're gonna find out is that some of the mysteries and things and a time of the tales of the days before the flood and some of the secret things that that Gilgamesh found out. So let's start this. So Gilgamesh Gilgamesh went abroad in the world, but he met with none who could withstand his arms till he came into Uruk. So Uruk is his city, right? But the men of Uruk muttered in their houses, Gilgamesh sounds the toxin. toxin. Not with an X. T-O-C-S-I-N. For guess. his amusement. His arrogance has no bounds by day or night. No son is left with his father, for Gilgamesh takes them all, even the children. Yet the king should be a shepherd of his people. His lust leaves no virgin to her lover, neither the warrior's daughter nor the wife of the noble. Yet this is the shepherd of the city, wise, calmly, and resolute. So they're all like, Gilgamesh sucks. Yeah. He's the worst king ever. Like yeah, this- he, I, like, I, I, I was confused at first. I thought they were going to be praising him, but I'm like, this is kind of... Uh, well, yeah. So this is this is the whole thing that starts because they they got this one titled "The Coming of Enkidu." Yes. And so this is the whole thing that starts because all of a sudden there's this powerful guy named Gilgamesh, and he but he's an arrogant king. Yeah, he takes everybody's wives and and uh, he's yeah he his lust leaves no virgin to her lover, neither the warrior's daughter nor the wife of the noble. He doesn't care. He's like, you're a great warrior. doesn't matter. You're noble. It, who cares? He is, his lust no knows bounds. Um, and and, he's, and he also he's, says, no son is left with his father, too. Yeah, see, so I don't know. I think that he, like, I, I, I was, warrior. Yeah, I was seeing the reference of, like, he sends them out to war with no problem. You yeah. Know, or, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, he doesn't, he's, he's arrogant, he, but he should be a great king. It's like it's. It says, "What does he say?" Yet this is the shepherd of the city. You know, he's supposed to be the. Mm-hmm. You know, but he, wise, calmly, and resolute. So these pe- the people are complaining. Yep, dude, our Gilgamesh. king sucks, man. Yeah. So the gods heard their lament, and a, uh, a new. 
uh, the gods of heaven cried to the Lord of Uruk, to Anu, the god of Uruk. Um, a goddess made him strong as a savage bull. None can withstand him. And then... Uh, they say the same thing over, basically. Yeah. That's the thing. One of the things that they repeat a lot of the same phrase. Yeah. Which is fine, you know, which is interesting. Sure. Because this is... You got to think this is early writing. Yeah. That happened. They did So that. they didn't have the... Yeah. Just... I mean, think about how long it takes to refine writing and stuff. What also could... It also could lend to it being originally... And probably most often a an oral an oral story. Oh yeah, where and you when repeat you're speaking the same it, thing you have to repeat it more so people can get the point of what's yeah. happening. Uh-huh. They can't just like look back like, oh, let me mm. turn the page back and see what that said. Yeah, because actually, one of the things, yeah, it's, they paint, they keep repeating the same thing because they need to. They're trying to make the point. Hey, he's a bad. Yeah, he's a bad guy, and you'll see that throughout this thing. So the gods hear this. They hear this lament about how Gilgamesh just. Treats his oh. people like crap, right? Yeah. And then um It says, and then Aruru, the goddess of creation, uh or Anu Anu heard their yeah. limitation and she he cries to Aruru, the goddess of creation, You made him, now create his equal. Yep. Let it be as like him, as his own reflection, his second self. Okay. Stormy heart for stormy heart. Let them contend together and leave Uruk in quiet. So he's like, okay, hey, Anunu, you you need to create somebody that can can contend because can contend with him. He's too strong. Can. No one can. Yeah. And he's so strong that he's beaten up the the boys, making love to all the women. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and regardless of who they are. Nobody yeah. can. St- so you need to. There needs to be something out there that can stop him. So the guy. Okay, read this next. The she did the so. Yeah. Is that you want? Yeah. Yeah. So this is well, yeah. But see, oh. read oh, the very. So, so the goddess conceived an image in her mind. Okay. And it was of the stuff of a new of the firmament. Okay, so met. Look at the creation right there. Yeah. What does she do? First thing she does is create an image in her mind. Got it. So you got the. You remember? Got, I mean, I'm saying some of the different texts we talked about where the the image yeah. is is created in the mind first, right? So they got the mental creation, right? Yeah. They, they got the template in their mind. What they're yeah. gonna do? As I'm saying, this is an old story. Yep. And so is all this right here. She dipped her hands in water and pinched off clay. Mm-hmm. Okay. She let it fall in the wilderness and noble. Enkidu, how do you pronounce Enkidu. it? Enkidu. Enkidu was created. Enkidu. Enkidu. Just think of, I, I, I keep on thinking this, because uh, what would Enkidu? What would Enkidu? I was like, I want, oh, a, I I like want a t-shirt it. that says that. Yeah, I'll be, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> well, Forget that last idea you had, man. <laughs> what would Enkidu? <laughs> it would be like. What would Enkidu? <laughs> anyway, okay, so. So, so there was virtue in him of the god of war of Nur, of Nurata of Ninurta himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, his body was rough, he had long hair like a woman's, 
It waved like the hair of Nisaba, the goddess of corn. I like, okay, keep going. His body was covered with matted hair, like Samagons, Samagons, the god of cattle. He was innocent of mankind. He knew nothing of the cultivated land. I wonder if this long hair theme or this furry Mm -hmm. guy is a kind of this wild man theme. Because remember you had Esau. Yeah. Who came? Who was born furry? Yeah, you know, or hairy, or whatever. Yeah, you know, he had his little hairy butt. That <laughs> and Esau was the one that eventually came in and killed uh, Nimrod. Nimrod. Oh yeah. Well, I was just saying, remember like, that story when he was like running in. He yeah, that's whenever we saw and... his little butt go because <laughs> he kills Nimrod. But he, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. So like this wild man theme, or these hunters kind of. Like they're wild men, they're hairy, and what if for some reason this is like some theme that comes back? You Think know. of Magnum PI, you know, hairy big, chest, big old hairy chest, manly. manly man, yeah. But today, that's not that image today isn't like what people see as like a big now you know, it's all muscles, but all shaven down, yeah. So, like, this uh, maybe, maybe having a lot of hair was like a sign of like manliness or wildness because sure that's what i'm saying like like you have because gilgamesh isn't necessarily that but they they make sure to paint this picture here Mm -hmm. that he's you know hairy and wild and i'm saying so i was saying kind of along the lines of esau who was a hunter in the woods you know Mm -hmm. kind of this you know he wasn't ready to settle down and correct anyway but um so but you have uh I like I okay so remember this is an old-timey story mm-hmm. and they but they have some imagery in here that his body was rough he had long hair like a woman's but they used this little imagery where you can picture it it waved like the hair of Nisaba the goddess of corn so if you see a cornfield you know you can picture beautiful yeah both beautiful locks but they use the imagery that's cool you know and this is old writing yeah like it's like they had already developed that's what i was saying earlier i was really surprised that they were able to in my ignorance i was surprised that they were able to pull this out of cuneiform yeah that's what i'm saying like they they had already you know had imagery all that stuff you learn in elementary school Mm -hmm. you know that uh, they have in here that had, you know, had already been developed in their writing. So, um, so, but he was innocent of mankind. He knew nothing of the cultivated land. He's a wild man. Yeah, he is. Like a, I said, he is a beast. Enkidu ate grass in the hills with the gazelle and lurked with the wild beasts at the water holes. And he had joy of the water with the herds of wild game. So basically, he just basically the pain. Enkidu is he's basically like wild. Mm-hmm. He lives with the animals. He he's dr- got the strength of the bear. Yeah, yeah. He talks the with them and hangs out. with He's them got the and- strength of the bear, the speed of the gazelle, the heart of a lion, <laughs> or the mane of a lion. The mane of the lion. Yeah. The butt of a baboon. Oh, <laughs> that poor guy. That big old, oh man, he's like, oh, I need some, what's that, so, those pads? Yeah. Tux uh, medicated pads. Yeah. 
Cream. Poor Ankydo. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> strength of the bear, heart. Wait, what was it? Strength of the bear, speed of the gazelle, hair of the lion, hair of the lion, butt of the baboon, butt of the baboon. Oh, that's my one weakness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's out there running around with the the animals. Just total wild man. So, so this trapper who goes out there th- finds him and is afraid of him, right? Yeah. And he sees him three times. He 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 occasionally he frequently goes out and this trapper says on three days he met him face to face and the trapper was frozen with fear. Well imagine all of a sudden okay, this is like a Bigfoot sighting. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. This is the original Bigfoot sighting. Exactly. Like he's got he's like and then he shows somebody the video, he's like, Watch right here. Like what? That looks like a guy in a monkey costume. Yeah. <laughs> so he 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 sees him and he's like, he he. What Enki do is doing is he's rescuing his fellow animals too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's hooking them up. Like like they're getting caught in traps. He's got opposable thumbs, so he's able to help them get out or whatever. You know, yeah, help he's them. Tarzaning it. Yeah, tar- Tarzan. Oh, this is the original Tarzan story too. Yeah. Holy moly. Um, and so this, yeah, he's scared of him. So imagine there's this huge hairy guy running around, you know, and this trapper's out there making his living, you know, and, but he see, he's scared of this big guy. And so he goes to his dad, you know, say, get some advice. He's like, I don't know what to do. Cause this, what does he say? He says, uh, oh, here it is. Um, with awe in his heart, he spoke to his father. Father, there is a man, unlike any other, who comes down from the hills. He is the strongest in the world. He is like an immortal from heaven. He ranges over the hills with wild beasts and eats grass. The ranges and range through your lands and comes down to the wells. I am afraid and dare not go near him. He fills in the pits which I dig and tears up my traps set for the game. He helps the beasts to escape. And now they slip through my fingers. He's the friend of the animal. Yeah, we gotta. I gotta. What do I do about this guy? I can't. I, I can't do anything about him. He's stronger than I am. He's, dude, and this right. guy is his. Fa- this guy's father is like so wise. Yeah. <laughs> his father opened his mouth and said to the trapper, "My son, in Uruk lives Gilgamesh. No one has ever prevailed against him. He is strong as a star from heaven. Go to Uruk, find Gilgamesh." Extol the strength of this wild man. Ask him to give you a harlot, a wanton from the temple of love. Return with her and let her woman's power overpower this man. When next he comes down to drink the water at the wells, she will be there, stripped naked. And when he sees her beckoning, he will embrace her, and then the wild beasts will reject him. <laughs> I just love it. It's not like, oh, you know, trap him or anything. It's like, hey, okay, what you're going to do is go to Gilgamesh and say, hey, there's this big guy. I need a harlot yeah. from the Temple of Love, which, I mean, uh, Ishtar and Ishtar, stuff Ishtar. Is, is basically she was the uh, Aphrodite. Yeah, Aphrodite, Aphrodite of the of the uh, Sumerian gods. Yeah. So the the goddess of love. So there there's this temple of love. It reminds. Do you ever listen to uh, the, but there's the Sisters of Mercy? 
They have the song Temple of Love. Yeah. Temple of Love, Love, Love. Oh, let's check it out. It's pretty good. Anyway. I'll take a note on that. But Sisters of Mercy. They're okay. The guy's got a really deep voice. I've been listening to them a lot lately, but um, they're kind of like dark, like goth. Kind oh, of, really? Like from the 80s, though. Okay, I'll check it out. But listen to their their second album. Anyway. But uh, so anyway, so they're get this harlot, this, you know, but from the temple of love, these beautiful women, I guess, you know, and lure him in there. They'll, they'll get together. And then he'll basically, the animals will reject him. That's this, this guy's idea. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's kind of a silly thing. Like why would the animals reject him if he Mm -hmm. gets with a woman? But basically, we'll see. Basically there's this image or this concept they're not talking about is, He'll become a man, like not like a man, like he's already a man. But well, yeah, we'll talk about human, that a right? little more. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that that's the theme, and I think this is almost like an Adam and Eve story. Yeah, sure. This is what it reminded me of is kind of the the Harlot's Eve. Well, okay. Because she, whoa, Brandon. Well, no, I, I had a hard time with that too. No, like, the, oh, the but... woman is is Eve. The man is Adam. You know, kind of like. But there's the civilizing force. That's yes. that's the theme. Them coming together. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's it's that that a woman civilizes man. Okay. This is the idea that man, if he left it to himself, to his own devices, he's out there running wild with the the animals. Yeah. He's not going to build anything or whatever. Whenever when when he has a woman, then there's something to those things to protect. You know, there's a sure. family that's created. Yeah. And so woman civilizes man. Yep. Yeah, I like Not that. Not vice versa. Correct. Man doesn't civil, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. And I there, like it. There, he, there, there becomes obligations. I wasn't trying to say Eve was a harlot. I'm just saying like that character. No, I know. That, you know who was? Oh, what's her name? That lady before Eve. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's her name? I can't remember it. Ah. Oh. There's this whole okay. There's this whole Jewish uh, Lilith. Lilith. There's this whole Jewish thing where <laughs> Lilith is like she actually was before she was created before Adam, I think. And well, that was or not, at the same time. That was actually in the that was actually vaguely touched upon too in the Nos, in the Apocrypha of John too. There was a there was a oh really? Remember they um, created. Um, there was someone they tried to create. Oh yeah, but instead of a woman and instead of a people before, it was Adam and it was Cain and Abel at first. Remember, remember they created yeah. someone first and before man, before Seth. Yeah, Cain and Abel. Yeah, but in the Gnostic, Cain and Abel weren't just like the the first sons of Adam and Eve. They they're were the, actually they're the sons of of Yahweh yeah. and yeah. Eve. Yeah. Anyway, okay, let's not go. No, oh, we got off track there. Okay, but anyway, it's the the interesting theme is I'm like, okay, well, this has so many elements of stuff that we read, you know, about sure. the fall or whatever, you know, or not the, you know, the, like this these this theme of man and woman and the civilizing, you know, that happens after that because basically in the Garden of Eden they're running around uncivilized they're just like looking at plants petting animals yeah having fun or whatever having fun and also something happens you know the fall they and they're put into the world where they have to struggle and become civilized anyway okay so 
Okay, so he the the trapper's like, yeah, this is great. We're gonna do this. So he does. He he goes um, to Gilgamesh, tells him the story, and they repeat it word yep. for word. Same thing. Same exact thing. Yep. Um, surely the game will reject him. Now the trapper returned, uh, and 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 then Gilgamesh is like, okay, yeah. So you can Gilgamesh have gives her. him a harlot. I wish she had a name, Brandon. She actually does say her name. No, she does. She does have a name. I know. In one of the, was it in? Because I just hate referring her as a harlot. <laughs> Sham Shamhat. Yep. Remember her picture at nineteen. Yeah, Sham Shamhat. So. Um, and this one's even more explicit, like. Inky do. Oh, that's Sham Katam. Katam. That's probably the same person. Yeah. Sham Hot. It's probably just a trip. I mean, Sham. Is it going to be the. Yeah. It's got to be the same. So we can call her Sham Hot or Sham Katam instead of the, the harlot. Yeah, that's so, that's so shallow of me to just say it that way. What? <laughs> the harlot. That's what they say. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, that's her, that's her job, though. Yeah. That's the thing is that. She's a professional. Well, they call hey, it. They call Brandon, the trapper the trapper. She's the working. She's a working girl. Yeah. Hey, I'm this. I'm. You know what? I see. Like, I'm black. I see everything. In the, I see everybody the same. Yeah. A flight. Are you a flight attendant? Yes. <laughs> is that is that degrading? No. You know. Am I? I'm a UPS guy. Yeah. Exactly. And how many two? How many times is in in? What, how, how do you say his Inkidu. name? Inkidu. Inkidu. How many times do they refer to Inkidu as just the hairy guy? You know. Not many times, but they have. There's been a few times. Well, that's what he said. The trapper says, "Hey, there's this hairy guy." (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so the trapper returns with the harlot, with with the shamhat. Well, no, you know what? It's it's fine. The trapper returned with the harlot. After three days' journey, they came to the drinking hole and they sat down. And the harlot and the trapper sat facing one another and waited for the game to come or for the animals to come. Right. For the first day and the, for the second day, they sat waiting. But on the third day, the herds came. They came out of drink, and Inkadu was with them. Yes. The small wild creatures of the plains were glad of the water, and Inkadu with them, who ate grass with the gazelle and was born in the hills. Okay. We already know all that. Okay, now here's the important part. So she Trapper saw him. Spoke. Here, I'll take the part. Go, ahead, go for it. The trapper spoke to her. There he is. Now, woman. He's even worse. Yeah, he's even worse. He's he, he's a more shallow than I am. Now, woman, make your breast spare. Have no shame. Do not delay, but welcome his love. Let him see you naked. Let him possess your body. When he comes near, uncover yourself and lie with him. Teach him, the savage man, your woman's arts. Mm. See, she's a professional, Brandon. Yep. I just want to let you know that. No, she knows what she's doing. The woman's arts. Yeah, it wasn't a gold grab like a, a basket weaver. Yeah. he he. There's a specific thing. Yeah. So, teach him, the savage man, your woman's arts. For when he murmurs love to you, the wild beasts that shared his life in the hills will reject him. He knows what's going to happen. Yep. So... Read and t- show what a professional she is in the next yeah, paragraph. She, <laughs> she was not ashamed to take him. She made herself naked and welcomed his eagerness. 
as he lay on her murmuring, Love, she taught him the woman's art. For six days and seven nights, <laughs> yeah, they lay together. For Enkidu had forgotten his home in the hills. Enkidu's <laughs> like, okay, what? Uh, forget, you know, what? six days and seven what nights. What cute little furry creatures? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, get away. I'm with, I'm with a professional. And so, but when she was satisfied, he went back to the wild beasts. Then when the gazelle saw him, they bolted away. So he had become human. Yeah. Um, when the wild creatures saw him, they fled. Enkidu would have followed, but his body was bound as though with a cord. His knees gave way when he's when he started to run. His swiftness was gone. He lost part of that strain. Yep. And now the wild creatures had all fled away. Enkidu had grown weak, for wisdom was in him. Mm-hmm. Ah, Sophia. See, that's where I'm saying. Where all of a sudden... He's he's been with the the woman, yeah. Knowledge and he's gained knowledge. He's become wise, and the thoughts of a man were in his heart. Yeah. So and then he goes out. All of a sudden, she's satisfied. It says that um when oh when he was satisfied, he went back. He goes back to the wild beast after he's been with her for. And Austin, he's like, whoa, I can't run as fast, yep. you know? My hair's not as scraggly or whatever. You know, he just doesn't have the same... Something's happened to him. Yeah. And... He doesn't have that kind the of The animals anymore. are just like, you know, now afraid of him. They're acting like he they was would for anybody. Friend. Yeah. He was, he, was, he was a friend. And they... But now he's... It's kind of like, remember the Lion King where they're out there... They're doing the Akuma Matata. And then all of a sudden, what's his name? Simba meets the girl lion. Yeah. And that happens too. Oh, yeah. And they kind of like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, They're like, in short, my friend, we're doomed or whatever. The Sure. Yeah. They see that there's things are going to change. Oh, when they're doing the whole, can you feel the love tonight song? (laughs) (laughs) And, and, but then those other guys have a part, you know, like, dude, it's over. Simba's gone. Yeah, totally. That's he's never going to be eating grubs with us or anything. Yeah, he's moved up. So, um, so the harlot says, "Come." So he can't run with the, with the, with his friends anymore. Okay. Yeah. And she says, "Come with me. I will take you to a strong-walled Uruk, to the blessed temple of Ishtar and of Anu, of love and of heaven. There, Gilgamesh lives, who is very strong, and like a wild bull, he lords it over men." Okay, so and like Wild Bull, he lords, he's ruler, he rules it like, over. Dude, men. this guy's just nuts. Yeah, and then, uh, but look, okay, actually, I think he did. Uh, Enkidu was grown weak; wisdom was in him, and the thoughts of a man were in his heart. Mm-hmm. So yep. she civilized him; she changed him. Yeah, think about you know, I mean, the the theme though of you know being young kid and also but then all of a sudden you're growing up and all of a sudden you have that first love and there's just this total change that comes into your life you know yeah it's to see the world differently yeah i mean so and enkidu is going through that right now his first love poor enkidu what would enkidu confusing time what would enkidu Uh, well i know what he would do for six days and seven yeah (laughs) yeah enki 
Dude. He, was, he couldn't run anymore. He was so weak. Hey, Enki didn't. Enki did. <laughs> he didn't just do. Dude. Oh gosh. I love Enki. Yeah. I like his name. Yeah, I like it more now. You know what? If I had a, I was thinking yesterday, I was like, if I had a kid, if I had a son, I would name him Enki. Enki. That'd be a pretty cool name. I've actually seen that name before. Yeah? Yeah. I believe I have. I think it's a cool name. Yeah. Anyway, so, okay. Um, so she said that about about Gilgamesh, and then uh, when she had spoken, Enkidu was pleased. Yeah. He had longed for a comrade, for one who understood, to, would understand his heart. And he said, come, woman, and take me to the holy temple, to the house of Anu and Ishtar. I will challenge him boldly. I will cry out aloud in Uruk. I am the strongest here. I have come to change the old order. I am he who was born in the hills. I am he who is strongest of all. Yeah, so he's, he's like, ready. okay, this is awesome. He yeah. goes, I got a new lease on life. I got this hot chick with me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just take over. Yeah, he had a lot of uh, courage. He had a lot of uh, ambition there. Yeah. So, I, and I like, I like that she's like, okay, well, let's go. And then she goes, oh, Anki, dude, you're gonna love it here, there, because. All the people are dressed in their gorgeous robes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Every day is a holiday. A young man and the girls are wonderful to see. And how sweet they smell. All the great ones are roused from their beds. Oh, Enkidu, you who love life, I will show you Gilgamesh. You know? A man of many moods. Hmm. And she's like, but he's stronger than you, so leave your boasting. You know, he's strong, so I don't know if you're going to be able to beat him, but... You know, you're going to love it there. And I like how the things she talks about, like, everybody's dressed perfect. It's like a holiday every yeah. day. There's food everywhere. It reminds me of the, with the fall of men, you know, when they're coming down from the hills, but they're having the, down below, they're having a carnival, the yeah. first carnival. Yeah. So they're like playing timbrels. Mm-hmm. The women are wearing makeup and dressed yeah. all nice. And they got all this food and drink, singing and stuff. And the, the guys are up on the mountain looking down like, oh, my gosh, look at that. And so they finally, that's how the, you know, the the men originally fall, at the least fall. The in fall, the biblical the story. Yeah. yeah. They, they come down. They can't resist. And so she's like, you're going to love it because, you know, it's it's nice being with you, but you we're going to have so much fun in Uruk. It's like the best. Every day is a holiday. I like that. So, um, he goes, she gets him to leave the wilderness. Um, let's see. And then the, so it kind of interrupts. Gilgamesh has a dream, right? Gilgamesh has two dreams. Yeah. Oh yeah. Annoyingly, he had two dreams. Where, but these, it's, it's not, the timeline's not perfect because it seems like these dreams maybe were before. Yeah, before Enkidu An- An- came. Yeah, yeah, because the the One for harlot ends up telling him, "Hey," and he's had these dreams too. Yeah. So let's go with the dreams. So this is one of the interesting things. This theme of dreams that are in here in this story. There's lots of times where everybody's always having a dream, and they mean things. Yeah. So. So Gilgam- visionary men. Yes, visionary men. Can you give me a diet, Dr. Pepper, please? Thank you, Brandon. 
All right. Um, Gilgamesh got up to tell his tell the stream to his mother, Ninsun, one of the wise gods. Mother, last night I had a dream. I was full of joy. The young heroes were around me, and I walked through the night under the stars of the firmament. And one meteor of the stuff of Anu. Keep on saying the stuff of Anu. Isn't that interesting? I don't know what that means. A meteor of the stuff of Anu fell down from heaven. I tried to lift it, but proved it proved to be too heavy. All the people of Uruk came round to see it. The common people jostled, and the nobles thronged to kiss its feet. And to me, its attraction was like the love of women. They helped me. I braced my forehead, and I raised it with the th thongs and brought it to you. And you yourself pronounced it, my brother. Okay. So, okay, so this one, they just say that Ninsun is one of the wise gods. That's his mother. Yes. And that she is a goddess. Yes. So, so his dream is an interesting one. And he's like, there's this meteor that falls from heaven. And he tries to lift it, but he can't. Yeah, there goes that. There goes that uh, story. And he felt this, but there's this attraction. You know, I mean, it was such so, such a pull that it was like the love of a woman. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. like that that just attraction that you feel where you're just like, you know, and the, and then so, he's like, and I brought it. You know, I got it to you, and you pronounce it, my brother, or yeah, my brother. Yeah. So Ninsun. Gives him the interpretation. This star of heaven. Um, this is a, the strong comrade. The one who brings help to his friend in need. He is the strongest of wild creatures. The stuff of Anu. Um, and that's. Uh, when you see him you will be glad. You will love him as a woman. And he will never forsake you. This is the meaning of the dream. So. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, uh, he has another dream, and it's the same kind of thing. In the streets of Strongwald Uruk, there lay an axe, and I saw it, and I was glad. I bent down, dr deeply drawn towards it. I loved it like like a woman, and wore it at my side. And and then in some. Gives him the interpretation that acts. That is the comrade whom I shall give you, and he will come in his strength like one of the hosts of heaven. He is a brave companion who rescues his friendly, his friend in necessity. Go, Gilgamesh. So Gilgamesh told his dreams, and then it says, and the harlot retold them to Enkidu. So the the harlot's like, hey, you know, telling these Enkidu, the dreams of the dreams that yeah, these they are had. the dreams that this guy Gilgamesh had. And I think you might be the his buddy. Yeah, I mean, and the hunter actually in the previous the hunter when he the hunter tells his father about this guy, he says strong as a star from heaven, mm. right? Mm. And then yeah, he tells Gilgamesh, "Hey, I found this guy that's as strong as a star from heaven." Yeah, yeah, and then his dream there's a star from heaven. Yeah, naturally. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. So I'm saying there's. That's the thing is that these in these old writings, there's these themes that they're they're like putting across, like subtle themes even. So uh, now she says to Enkidu, "When I look at you, you have become like a god." And she says, "Get up from the ground, the bed of a shepherd, 
And then he listens to her words with care. And she divides her clothing, you know, so yep. he can have something to wear so he's not running around naked. Yeah. So she even has, now and she has even less to wear. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and holding your hand, she led him like a child to the sh- sh- uh, sheepfolds into the shepherd's tent. So she's like, she's civilizing him. Yeah. Like I was saying, she's, she's just like, he's going to sleep him. indoors now. Yeah. Hey, get out of the field. Quit sh- sleeping like a shepherd out in the field. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to sleep in a bed. Yeah. And, and he has a hard time, right? He has a hard time drinking milk the, the way that meant civilized people. Yeah. I love this part. <laughs> um, they put down bread in front of him, but Enkidu could only suck the milk of wild animals. That's what he used to eat. Read the next. He fumbled and, and gaped at a loss what to do or how he should eat the bread and drink strong wine. Then the woman said, Enkidu, eat bread. It is a staff of life. Drink the wine. It is a custom of the land. So he ate till he was full and drank strong wine. Seven goblets. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you, he's not just, he's just like. Eating yeah. and he's like, "Home, oh, this is pretty good." And awesome. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's seven goblets in, like these big, big metal goblets. Yeah, and it's got like some kind of stones on it. You know, and, like, you're picturing it. Yeah, he's all like, "Oh!" And I'll read the description. Of what happens? <laughs> he became merry. His heart exulted, and his face shone. He rubbed down the matted hair of his body and anointed himself with oil. I, I love. He became merry. His heart exulted, and his face shone. Like he's like so drunk. Whoa. He's all like. <laughs> yeah i can imagine his face is all like bright and sure. you know red like just he drank seven goblets of of beer or wine i guess yeah and then uh so he be, he he starts eating human regular food you know drinking with the guys he takes arms he took arms to hunt the lion so the shepherds could rest at night so he's yeah. he becomes the night watchman um, he caught wolves and lions, and the herdsmen lay down in peace. Yeah. And Enkidu was their watchman. They like the strong man. They're like, wow, no we have a guy that we like. like, dude. Yeah, this guy's awesome. So, so all of a sudden, remember he he was the one that was unsetting the traps. Yep, digging in the pits. Now he saved the animals. Now he's out there protecting their flocks from the wild animals. He's he stepped over to the other side, the dark side. So, uh, and he was merry living with the shepherds. So one day, lifting his eyes, he saw a man approaching. And then he says to the harlot, Woman, fetch that man here. Why has he come? I wish to know his name. She went and called the man, saying, Sir, where are you going on this weary journey? The man answered, saying to Enkidu, Gilgamesh has gone into the marriage house and shut out the people. He does strange things in Uruk, the city of great streets. I like how they they mentioned that the it's called the city of great streets. You know, they have these big wide streets or something. Sure. That was one of the things it was known for. Like yeah. these huge streets. You wouldn't believe how wide they are. Anyway. They're like football fields. Yeah. At the roll of the Even drum. Even though we don't know what football is. Yeah. <laughs> At the roll of the drum, work began for the men and women for and work for the women. Gilgamesh, the king, is about to celebrate marriage with the queen of love, and he still demands to be first with the bride. The king to be first and the husband to follow. Okay, so that's interesting. It's like yeah. he's getting he's getting married or he's getting married, maybe, but he's still demanding 
that he gets to marry, he gets to sleep with any other bride. Yeah. He's the first to sleep with them. But, and the, yeah, it's, it's the king to be first and the husband to follow. It's like, yeah, he keeps on screw you know, like messing, breaking dreams. Like this, you know, these guys, these, this, this, in it, this nice little couple is getting together and all yeah. of a sudden, but then all of a sudden Gilgamesh is like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, you can get married. And he's like, and, but I'm going to, I get a, I sleep with her first. That's crazy. Cause <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, you see like these, you see these depictions and you hear about how like, like huge Gilgamesh was, you know, you know, like those, those, those women were never the same again, you know, <laughs> it's like. It's like he's like ruining everything. Well, yeah, right? I mean he's a, he's like two thirds god too. Yeah, it's like after after Gilgamesh, what? All of a sudden, the husband's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and it's not necessarily that he was like the greatest or whatever. It's just he was being a jerk. Yeah, like hey, I'm entitled. I get what I want, and this is the whole first. This is the whole reason that he was created. Remember from the beginning of this? Yeah. They're crying out, dude, he is not being a good shepherd of the city. He is screwing everything up, making marriages fall apart, you know, or, you know, taking. Anyway, it just sucks. I can't even imagine. I'd be pissed. So Enkidu turns, um, Enkidu turns, when this starts to happen, Enkidu turns white in the face. Yeah. I will go to the place where Gilgamesh lords it over the people, and I will challenge him boldly, and I will cry aloud in Uruk. I have come to change the old order, for I am the strongest here. That's right. So, Gilgamesh is being a bad shepherd of his yeah. people. Enkidu is the protector, becoming the protector of the sheep. And yeah. he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna change things. Yeah. I'm gonna protect the people that are supposed to be protected, because what's his name's not doing. Gilgamesh is not doing his job. I like. He's like, I have come to change the old order. Yeah, I am the strongest here. So he walks in, and the people were all like, "Whoa, whoa, who's this?" They were jostled. Speaking <laughs> of him, they say, "Hey, he's the spit. He's the spit of Gilgamesh. Like the spitting image. Right? Yeah, Except he is. For he's a little shorter, and he's bigger of bone. This is the one who." was reared on the milk of wild beasts. His is the greatest strength. The men rejoiced. Now Gilgamesh has met his match. This great one, this hero whose beauty is like a god, he is the match even for Gilgamesh. Yes! So he's happy, like, yeah, we got this going now. And like, Eric, the and in Eric, the bridal bed was made. Fit for the goddess of love. The bride waited for the bridegroom, but... In the night, Gilgamesh got up and came to the house. So there's this bride waiting. Yep. You know, and uh, at least in, in some of them, it's like they they go to the, the father-in-law's house where they have it or happen or whatever. And but Gilgamesh, of course, as his is his due. He you know as the king mm-hmm. gets up in the middle of the night, comes to the house to. Whoa! To get the his first pickings, yeah. Before you know, and all of a sudden, guess what happens? Enkidu steps out. He stood in the street and he blocked the way. I love it. Yep. 
mighty Gilgamesh came on and Enkidu met him at the gate. So all of a sudden Enkidu's like, <clears throat> I, I, I likes how he blocks him. He's, he, <laughs> he says, steps out. I love it. But he's, oh, then he goes and, it, and he put out his foot yeah. and prevented Gilgamesh from entering the house. So he just like put his foot out, you know, he's like, yeah, that's where he's like, eh, eh. he shakes his head like, <laughs> And Gilgamesh is like, but I'm the freaking king. So he puts his foot out and all of a sudden they grapple, holding each other like bulls. I yeah. love how uh, the fight scenes in this are really cool because these these guys are always like fighting like bulls and they're snorting and stuff. Yeah, like, so you can imagine these two guys in the street like with a, like a wrestling grapple. Yeah. And just roll, throwing each other in the street. Just like beasts. Huge. The hugest guys you've ever seen. They're like shattering doorposts and yeah. the walls shook. They broke the... Yeah. They snorted like bulls locked together. Um, And then Gilgamesh bent his knee with his foot planted on the ground. And with a turn, Enkidu was thrown. Like a so good wrestling move. He, good wrestling he kind move. of like, like the pile driver or something. Like, <laughs> it's like the, some like wrestling move. Gilgamesh movie. like, oh. Or Enkidu was thrown, and immediately the fury died. All of a sudden, they're like, okay, like after that okay, sweet win. move, and, and then Enkidu. Oh, when Enkidu you read that, there is not another like you in the world. Ninsun, who is as strong as a wild ox in the byre, she was the mother who bore you, and now you are raised above all men. Okay, I was going to say there's a play on words there. Oh, where was well, it? Well, kind of not not okay. Ninsun. Who is as strong as a wild ox in the briar? Not a play on words, but Ninsum actually means wild cow, she, or the lady of the wild cows. Okay. So I'm saying Ninsun. It's it's like hmm. there's not. She is the known as the the lady of the wild cows. Okay. So that's why she's as strong as a wild ox in the briar. You know. Anyway, not a play on words, but whatever that is. It's a, re- a repetition of of the same phrase, Ninsun. Got it. It's poetic. Yeah. It's probably more poetic in the way it was written. Yeah. She was a mother who bore you, and now you raise above all men, and Enlil has given you the kingship, for your strength surpasses the strength of men. I wonder if Enlil means something about strength or kingship. Well, Enlil's the head god, so... So Enkidu and Gilgamesh embraced... And their friendship was in and was friendship sealed. was sealed. That's awesome. So like it's like this scene, like you like, like they were wrestling and laughing, and then about the end, they're like holding each other and laughing, like these big burly laughs, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like but you know friends. I think, I think what's his name's like, hey man, you're as freaking strong as an ox, you know. But you need to know you're the king. Sure, I get it. there. You go. Maybe they're you know. And Lil gave you the kingship too, and you need to. And they're like, oh, "I get it." So you know, I'm not going to sleep with the yeah uh, the the virgin before her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That was so, nice of Enkidu to say that. But I like that. I just lo- love that scene, though. He's like, Eh-eh. like he's got his <laughs> arms crossed. Also, like he's standing kind of by the wall, like with his arms crossed, kind of in the shadow. And all of a sudden, Gilgamesh is, is all like, kind of like undoing undoing his belt or something as he's walking, getting ready. And all of a sudden, what's his name? Just puts his foot in front. Gilgamesh is like, huh? And he's like, 
I don't know how he. <laughs> Why does he keep going? Eh-eh? I don't know. Okay. Well, so, um, so there you go. There's the meeting of, of, Enkidu and Gilgamesh. Yeah, best had, buds right yeah, away. Best buds. A little bit different than the meeting of Esau and Nimrod, right? That wasn't a good meeting. No, it wasn't. So these guys are friends. It didn't end well for Nimrod, that's for sure. What are we? 120. So these guys are friends. Well, um, so do you want to uh, go on to the next one? Or do you want to, like... We can do... We can do... Uh, this is so that's at the end of the first that's the end of the first tablet, right? Yeah, it's not like or the second. That might be into the second, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that's the first and second. Yeah. Oh wait, the third. Cause in the fourth tablet. Oh, you're right. The second tablet is when he's being turned into a man. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, was uh, so in Tablet Three is when they start on their adventure to the forest, right? So yeah. We'll, so should we do the the forest journey? Do you want to break it up? Or would... yeah, the forest. We can do the forest journey, or we or we can do it on another video. What do you think? Yeah, because uh, well. Um, well, yeah, that's a good introduction. I think there's some cool themes to it. Okay. I mean, I was hoping to get the, I was thinking we'd go have this, but yeah, let's just stop right there. All right. Well, that's it for this one right now, right? That was, yeah, that was a less than organized way to end. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, because we don't want them to go too long. So we now, so we're basically at a point now where where Enkidu and Gilgamesh are now comrades. Yes. And uh, next time, next episode, which we'll record here soon, we're going to go over the their adventure to the forest. Yeah, and we might have, we might combine the <laughs> the next two the two adventures and everything together because okay. it's a lot shorter. I think there's a lot of themes in this one that were. So the next know, one, cool. we'll do the adventures of Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh and, and Enkidu. Yes. Or also, what would Enki do? What would Enki do? That's the big question. All right. All right. We'll uh, talk to you in the next one. All right. See you. Wow.